Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. Well, he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went up unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this Wednesday night on this subject, the miracle in the storm. The miracle in the storm. Would you put your Bibles down one more time? Offer God a praise in this place right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. The miracle in the storm. Life is, uh, is much like an ocean. It's seldom calm. Now, if you forgive me tonight, you know, um, sometimes, sometimes preachers have personal moments too. And uh, I may get a little emotional tonight, but I want you to understand something. He's still the God on the mountain. He's still the God of the valley. He's still God in the storm. He's still God in every circumstance. Amen. And even if he don't heal, he's still a healer. I wish somebody helped me a little bit right now. I believe God knows tonight exactly where we are in this place. And uh, just as quickly... As the winds from one storm subside, the horizon dances with clouds of another storm that are quickly approaching. You allow me tonight for just a few minutes to give you a revelation. If you haven't already discovered it, serving the Lord doesn't exempt you from the storm. Let me say it again. Serving the Lord does not exempt you from the storm. The storm we read about in our text overcame the disciples while they were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. I know we get frustrated in our flesh sometimes. When we feel like we're doing the will of God and we're doing all that we can that we believe is right to please God. But then the test comes and the trial comes and the storm comes. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you anymore. That doesn't mean he's forgotten where you're at. But tonight God wants you to know He is with you in every circumstance of your life. God was teaching the disciples a lesson 
a valuable lesson that evening. One that I'd like to share with this church body. Now you may be here tonight and life may be good for you right now. And I don't want to pull you down and drag you down. But I want you to know there's a storm on the horizon. Amen. And in a day or two or a week or a month or six months, you'll need this word that I'm going to preach to you tonight. I want you to know that there's still a miracle in the storm. There's still a miracle in adverse circumstance. There's still a miracle when you can't feel him. He's still there. When you can't touch him, he's still there. When you can't see him, he's still there. Come on, help me praise him right now. They discovered that evening that Jesus was their miracle even in the midst of the storm. I... You know, I love it when I'm in a place where there's a move of God and miracles are happening and great things are taking place like we've been having around here of late. God has been moving in this place in a great way. And Jesus had just multiplied the five loaves and two fish to feed a hungry multitude. That miracle there simply boggles my mind. How that he could take a few fish and a few loaves of bread and feed thousands. But he did it. How do you know he did it? The Bible said he did it. Come on somebody. And I've got good news. If the Bible says it, it's book. You can count on it. And although... We enjoy the rush of the miraculous. We must face the reality of good things coming to an end. The last service of a revival finally ends. Camp meeting closes out. Holiday youth convention is over. Youth camps wrap up. Conference concludes. And everybody has to go home to reality. I always hated coming home from youth camp. The thrill of worshiping with hundreds of young people and thriving off of the energy that was provided as we worshiped together. It was no way to be matched in the little small youth group that we had back home. But I want you to understand something tonight. That it's those times when the crowds are gone. When all of the hoopla is over, those are times that test our spiritual metal. What do we do when the fervency of the moment fades? When the music dies? When our friends are no longer there? When the atmosphere changes so drastically? When we go from the mountaintop to a deep, dark valley? What do we do it tells about who we are it's easy to have victory in a camp meeting it's easy to have victory in a good Sunday night service come on somebody help me right here but I want to tell you what happens or who we are is what we are is on Monday morning when we're the only Pentecostal on the job Come on, we're the only tongue talker in the whole building. Oh, come on. And we face devils on the job and we look them in the eye. And God says, listen, you may be going through that trial and that test, but know this, I'm going to get you through this. And on the other side, you're going to have victory. You see, faithfulness to God is about more than just the mountaintop. It means that we keep on keeping on even when things get rough. We keep going even when the opposition gets strong. Listen, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but 
It's one thing to shout at camp meeting. It's another thing altogether to worship on a Wednesday evening with a fraction of the people present. Come on now. He's just as much God on a Wednesday night as he is at a Wednesday night camp meeting. He still deserves the same praise. He still deserves the same glory. He still deserves to be lifted up. The Bible said he sent them into the storm. It's important to remember that. Listen to me. When Jesus commanded his disciples to get into a ship and to wait for him on the other side of the sea, he knew that they were sailing into a storm. As a matter of fact, it could be argued that he sent them into the storm. You see, he knew before that little ship ever cast off that a storm was gathering on the horizon. The weather may have been fine where they were. The skies may have been blue and the water calm and inviting. But there was a storm that was coming. Everyone may have been elated by the miracle that they had just taken part in. But he knew where they were going. Make no mistake. The word of God said that he knows the end from the beginning. You hear me right now. The word of God said he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Job in the greatest trial ever written and ever experienced said, He knows the way that I take. Somebody hear me right now. You're not headed anywhere. That Jesus doesn't know where you're going. Come on, I don't know what you'll face in the morning. But I know this, Jesus knows where you're going in the morning. Come on, I don't know where you'll be next week. But I know this, Jesus knows where you'll be next week. And so, as the story goes, when they got on that boat, Camp meeting was coming to an end. Jesus may have been the only one that knew it, but he knew it. Come on, somebody. You see, this, this is why our trust in God is so very important. We have to have enough faith and trust in God to take the next step no matter where it's taking us. But I don't want to go there. I'm just going to tell you, if you'll trust God, He'll take you through. But if you draw back, I said if you draw back, you're on your own. And I've come to tell you by experience, you can't make it on your own. So, when they got on that boat, they had no idea what was in front of them. You know, he could have turned the storm away, but he didn't. He could have planned a different route for his disciples, but he didn't. All of us have had those questions in our mind. God, I trust you. I've lived for you. Why am I going through this? Why am I facing that? God, you could turn this around with just a word. You could heal with just the wave of your hand. You could lift them up and turn them around right now. But you've got to trust God enough to know that He knows what's best for you. 
knows what's best for everybody involved. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you that sometimes in our lives, things just don't go the way we think they ought to go. We don't give the answer that we think we ought to get. But He's still God and He's still in control. He could have delayed their launch until the storm was gone. But He didn't. He could have given them some kind of a warning of what was ahead of them. But He didn't. He knew that regardless of what came upon them, He was going to take care of them. He knew that no storm could wrestle them away from the safety and security of His hand. Think about that just a minute. He also knew that they needed to discover That miracles are not just things that occur on sunny afternoons when the multitude is gathered. He knew like only he could know they needed to see the miracle in the storm. Listen to Bishop tonight. There are times in your life that God will send you into the storm. Times that He will allow you without any forewarning to sail headlong from the mountaintop of joy to the deep valley of despair. There are times when He sends you into circumstances that He already knows are going to be contrary where the wind is going to blow against you. Where the seas are going to rise and the storm is going to toss you to and fro. Jesus knows. I said he knows that you will face some turbulence. He knows that you will walk through some valleys. He knows that you will endure some storms. But he also knows That the storms will teach you things that you can't learn anywhere else. You see, it's easy to trust God when things are good. It's easy to believe that God is able when things are going your way. But when the winds begin to blow... And the storms begin to rise. There it takes something for a child of God to bring up from the very inside of you a faith and a courage to say, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why, but what I do know is He will and He's going to see me through. It's not that the Lord wants you to suffer or that somehow He's a cynic and He wants He delights in your hardship, but rather that He wants you to learn. Like His disciples, that reassurance that comes from seeing the miracle in the storm. You see, defeat often teaches us much more victory. Adversity does more to strengthen us than comfort and ease. And storms, as terrible and tragic as they are, teach us far more than the peaceful times in our lives. It's in those times that we learn about The provision of God. We learn more about the blessings of God. We learn more about the confidence of trusting in Him 
when we can't trace Him. Because storms teach us that God is our faithful protector. And we could never learn that in times of plenty and periods of blessing. When Solomon commanded us in Ecclesiastes 7 and 14, be joyful in the days of prosperity, but in the day of adversity to consider. God also has set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. Solomon was recognizing the timeless truth that when things go well, we enjoy them. But it's in the times of trouble and despair that we really stop to reflect upon our lives. There's something about storms that cause us to stop and consider ourselves. Storms cause us to consider our ways. I, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you to be a little transparent here right now. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I'm going to ask you a question today. Is it easier for you to pray... When things are going well, are you more given to prayer when there's a trial or a test? When it looks like there might be loss, when it looks like there might be hurt, when it looks like there might be misunderstanding. We're driven to prayer in a crisis much quicker than we are when things are going well. So when the storm rises, it's simply God saying, come on and get in my presence because I'm going to show you something in the midst of the storm. Your prayer will produce a miracle. Storms cause us to take a, make a little reflection to consider the path that we've trod and the direction that we're going. It's something about trial and adversity that causes us to cut through all the facades of life and strike to the heart of the matter. So Jesus, having understood all of that, knowing full well that he's sending his disciples into a terrible storm. He bids them farewell and sends them into the storm. Now, listen, this wasn't a minor little squall. It wasn't just an evening thunderstorm. These were seasoned fishermen experienced sailors. And on that night, they encountered a storm the likes of which had rarely been seen before. I'm a storm watcher. I love storms. Physical storms. A few years ago, my wife and I were in Raleigh, North Carolina, visiting with our kids, and tornadoes were coming through. And my daughter and all of her kids, they were all hunkered down in a room underneath the stairs. And I was standing out on the back porch. Brother Sawyer, honest before the Lord, I was looking at my phone. And my phone literally raised out of my hand. When the lightning starts... I'll step out on our back porch to watch the lightning. And my wife will say, Saint! <laughs> you 
You better get out of that lightning. Uh, it's not that big a deal. I've been struck by it before. I, I, I'm a storm watcher. I love storms. I, I, I enjoy the power and the ferocity of the storm. It's incredible, the power of nature. But I want to tell you, this storm was like no other storm. It struck fear in the hearts of men like Peter and James and John. They, they were men of the sea. They were men who grew up on the decks of their daddy's boats. These guys had seen a few storms. They'd experienced rough water. And they always made it through. But on this night, it was a different story. Fear struck their heart. They're navigating their way across the small sea of Galilee as they had done many times before. And Jesus is not with them. And all of a sudden, that quiet night sky gives way to a ferocious storm. The stars disappear one by one as the dark, ominous clouds grows to cover the horizon. The wind whipped against them and the waves tossed the boat to and fro. At first, they lose their way. Then they lose their strength. And finally, they lose their hope. It's the way of the enemy. To get you in the storm. To get you to lose your way. And then lose your strength. And then lose your hope. It seemed as though the storm would destroy them. But I've come to tell you tonight. That whatever you're going through. And whatever you're facing. It will not destroy you. Because the way maker has his eye on you. And he has control of the storm. And when it seemed as if all hope was lost, someone noticed something out there in the storm. And another worldly, otherworldly shape was moving across the waters. And once again, fear grips them. Someone cried out, it's a spirit. Then with one voice, Matthew 14, 26 said, they cried out for fear. It was all they could stand. They'd gone as far as they could go. Come on, you've been there before. You've told the Lord, God, I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much further I can go. God, I'm covered up. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. As if the storm was not enough, there seemed to be a spirit walking across the waters. But after a moment, they recognized that what they saw out there in the dark walking on the waves was a miracle in the storm. I don't know who realized it first, but someone came to the sudden understanding that they were not alone in this terrible tragedy. Jesus was right here with them. Do you hear me? You're not alone. Jesus is right there with you. But my friends are gone. My family's not around. Jesus is right there with you. 
And he's going to give you a miracle in your storm. It's right at that moment when it seemed that it would be swallowed up by the storm. Never to be heard from again. They're heard from again. There comes a familiar voice drifting across the wind. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. I feel like telling somebody right now that's sitting here in fear of what tomorrow will bring. Hear the voice of the Master say to you on a personal basis tonight, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Jesus is in your storm tonight. He's right there with you. He's there in every storm of your life. You never face the winds alone. You never struggle against the stormy seas by yourself. Hear these words tonight. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is right there with you. Even when you can't see Him, even when His hand isn't evident, even when it seems as if you are all alone, if you'll just listen to the wind, you'll hear a voice calm and gentle speaking into your storm-driven life. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Somebody needs to realize that the miracle that you've been looking for is walking right beside you. The provision that you so desperately need is striding across your storm. You are on a collision course with the miraculous provision of God. He hasn't abandoned you and He hasn't forgotten you. He sent you into the storm but He didn't send you there to die. And he didn't send you there alone. Perhaps tonight, our greatest challenge is to trust in him. We may know every scripture about the provision of God, we may know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he watches over us and he'll take care of us. But it is difficult when we find ourselves in the throes of the storm to remember to cast our cares upon Him for He careth for you. We're reminded in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 the scripture helps us to understand that if we'll just hold fast, if we'll just hold fast, look at the word, without wavering. And here it is. For He is faithful. That promised. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not forget you. He will not let you face what you're facing alone. He is right there beside you. 
knows exactly what you face tonight. Even before you do. He's in the midst of the storm with you. Brother Michael, I want you to stand right now. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I feel led of the Holy Ghost right here. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak, God, right now to that stress. And I speak, God, right now to that heart. I command that distress in his chest to go. In the name of Jesus, you will live and not die. Peace. Peace. I speak peace in that storm. In the name of Jesus, release him right now, God. Come on, church, help me praise Him. There's a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, come on, help me praise Him right now. Oh, come on, He knows what you're going to face in the morning. He knows what you're going to face next week. But the good news is he's already there. You can be seated. He's your shield. He's your strong tower. He's your refuge. Let me tell you a little bit about the miracle in the storm. I won't be much longer. When the disciples saw Jesus, he was walking on the water. Everybody say, on the water. The same waves that tossed their boat. The same sea that threatened to destroy them. Jesus was literally walking across it to get to them. Where his feet touched... It turned solid like glass, calm and steady. As the storm tossed the water to and fro. As the wind blew with all of its terror. The master of it all brought it all under his authority. And he walked on the water. Now here's the lesson that you need to learn tonight. It's impossible to walk on water. Water wasn't designed to hold you up. Even the phenomenon of surface tension which allows certain little aquatic bugs and spiders to walk across the water falls far short of ever explaining how Jesus could walk on the water. However, watch me right here, that which seemed inadequate to support him Proved by the miraculous power of God to be more than enough. I want you to let that settle just a minute. I'm telling you whatever you have in your life right now is more than enough. You see, if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in the story and miss this. Jesus comes walking across the water. He receives ample support from that which was not sufficient to support Him. The lesson to be learned here tonight is that God can take that which seems to be insufficient in your life and make it more than abundant. Water is not a stable surface until God shows up. 
Some of you tonight are wondering how you're going to make it. You've done the math. You've made the calculations. You know you don't have enough. There isn't enough time. There isn't enough money. There isn't enough strength. But I've come to tell you that you need to factor God into your equation. Because with Him, little is much. You may not be able to pay your bills on what you make. And it may be, seem impossible to pay your tithes and ever make ends meet. But God can do more with 90% of your income than you ever imagined being able to do with all of it. I can't explain it, but He walks on water. That's the miracle in the storm. Get this. When Jesus walked where it was not possible to walk, He was sending a message to His disciples that said, Hear this now. With my help, you too can walk through impossible places. Have you ever thought about it? You ever considered this? He rides the wind. He moves through time and space. And he could have just simply appeared on the boat. Why walk across the waves? Because those disciples needed to see the miracle in the storm. They needed to know that when they encountered the impossible, they had a Savior. I said they had a Savior. I said they had a Savior who was more than able to accomplish the impossible. When they were overwhelmed... When they didn't know where else to turn, they needed to know that there was a God that walks on water. You see, impossibility doesn't hinder Him. Somehow, through the storm, through those fiercely blowing winds, through the waves and the spray of the seawater, Peter got the message. Something rises up in Peter. He said, if he can do it, so can I. If Jesus can walk on water, then he can empower me to do the same. Oh, you're not hearing me. I said what looks impossible will become possible with Jesus. You can't do it on your own, but with Jesus you can do it all. If Jesus can walk across the impossible situation in my life, then he can empower me to walk on it as well. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, come. Some of you in this place tonight need to hear the master's voice. He's not just saying that he's here with you in your storm. He's inviting you out on the waves to walk on the water with Him. He'll bring you through your impossible situation. He'll enable you to walk on the stormy waters 
of life. He'll take that which is insufficient and make it be more than enough for you. How do I do that, Bishop? If you will but trust Him. If you will put your faith in Him. He will do it. Now what happened next is the most known portion of this story. And I won't belabor the point. You know how that when Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the waves... You know how that in one moment he was standing upon the stormy seas and how the next he got distracted by the howling wind and began to sink. You know that he cried out to Jesus and Jesus reached down and saved him. You know that. I want to point out one more thing this evening. It's easy to see Peter's ups and downs in this story. When they set out on the journey, all was well and he was in good spirits. When they encountered the storm, he was afraid for his life. When he saw Jesus, he was filled with faith and walked on the water. But when he noticed the wind, fear struck again and he began to sink. However, when Jesus rescued him, he was encouraged in his faith and walked again upon the water. So Peter's experience in all of this was a series of highs and lows, mountaintops and valleys, periods of calm interrupted by powerful storms. What I'm saying is that Peter wasn't at all any different than you and me. You can't live on the mountain all the time. You can't be in a stormless life. But what you must know is there's a miracle in the storm. Look at it with me as I close tonight. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Paul used the phrase from faith to faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by It's a very brief explanation of the cyclical nature of our lives. All of us have faith and all of us trust in God. But if we're honest tonight, we can all say that there are times that our faith is stronger than it is at other times. We have our highs and lows, our ups and downs. But There's something that you must know is that God is the God on the mountain and He's the God in the valley. Interesting little fact here. When a torpedo is fired towards a target, it leaves the submarine on the correct course to reach its target. However, while it's on its way, its course must be altered through a series of Mid-course corrections. As the water, the currents, the waves, the elements begin to steer the torpedo off of its course ever so slightly to the right or to the left, its course is electronically corrected to ensure that it hits its target. The results of those corrections is a zigzag course. The torpedo ventures to the left for a while, then to the right for a while, then back to the left, and then back to the right. And that seemingly meandering path is really a series of precisely calculated corrections that help the torpedo arrive at its intended target. Say, Bishop, why in the world will you tell us that? I believe that's similar to our lives tonight. None of us walk a perfectly straight line. Come on. None of us walk a perfectly straight line of faith without any deviation. We all go through valleys and mountaintops, highs and lows, troughs and peaks as we make our way toward heaven. 
But I can't help but believe that this is a journey from faith to faith that will eventually bring us to our intended end. The highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the triumphs, the defeats, they all work together to carry us from one faith experience to another faith experience. From faith to faith, we make our way from earth to heaven. Stand with me. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know everything that you're faced with. But I do know, I do know that your current circumstances is all about a faith experience with God. I've come to encourage you tonight. Take your eyes off of what you don't have. And instead focus on what you do have. We used to sing a little song that said, little is much. If God is in it. You see weaknesses with God become strength. Sorrows with God give way to joys. Troubles with God in them give way to triumphs. When they got back at that ship. Jesus with one command. Sends the storm away. Calms the sea. And restores peace in their lives. And as they worshipped worshipped him in their little boat out on the sea. It began to dawn on them. It was never about the storm. He only wanted them to learn about the miracle that resides in the storm. Your next trial. Your next test. Don't get caught up in the trial. Don't get caught up in the test. Just understand there's a miracle waiting to be manifested in that circumstance. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight because we know that we're not alone. You're the God of the mountain, the God of the valley. You're the God in the midst of our storm. God, you have never and will never forsake us. You've never left us alone. You've been right beside us in every circumstance and every situation. And I'm asking you, God, to let us believe you and hold on. Hold on to the miracle in the storm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. We love you. Prayer meeting tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Come join us to pray. Let's go beyond in Jesus' name.